Where does the 2022 Utah football season rank amongst the all-time greats? We're talking about it on today's Locked On Utes. You are Locked On Utes, your daily podcast on the Utah Utes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and thank you for making Locked On Utes your first listen every single day. We are available on all platforms, including YouTube. Today's episode is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. With LinkedIn Jobs, you can hire qualified candidates more effectively by matching open roles with people who have the skills, values, and experiences to help you achieve your 2023 goals. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. Terms and conditions may apply. My name is JT Wistel, former intern inside the University of Utah Athletic Department. And on today's show, we're going to be going over where the 2022 Utah football season where it ranks amongst the best. Utah football is one of the best programs in the country as of late. So how does it stack up with a country with a program that's got a lot of other really good ones? That's what we're going to be diving into. And in order to help me do that on today's show, it's friend of the show and Utah historian is the former host of this podcast, Brian Brown. Brian, looking at Utah football history, look, there's a lot of great seasons to stand out, right? 2008, of course, you've got 04, of course, even 2021 up there, 94. There's a lot of great ones in there. But for me, where I put the 2022 season is I put it at four overall. I think it does squeak into the top five when you look at it overall. What did this Utah football team still accomplish? They won the Pac-12 championship and they still made it to the Rose Bowl, still wildly successful, still have massive performances and wins. You look at beating USC not one, but twice in there too. I just think those are performances like Cam Rising, Dalton Kincaid's, we won't forget the memorable moments, the wins, everything. To me, the 2022 season still belongs in the top five. If you want to say the 94 season, you want to bump that ahead to four, I got no problem with that. But to me, the 2022 season belongs in the top five. And for me personally, it sits at four. Yeah, I, I think that's a great place to slot it. And I think it's going to be one of the more memorable seasons uh, in this current era. Mm-hmm. But I think the unique part about this program is it's sort of re- just starting to discover itself in yes. terms of uh, the next level. I've dubbed it the new blood transition into where it's it's being a top 25 program uh, perennially, annually, whatever the right word is there. I, I I'm not, I should know this, uh, being someone who writes talks for a living. Um, but the, the, the consistency of being that kind of a program, being a power program in the pac 12, it'll be fascinating to me to see how it holds up as the years move on. Now, I think a lot of it is going to be contingent upon Kyle Whittingham and the succession plan that the athletic department puts in place there, how people respond to the, uh, NAL and the changes in, in college football in general and just everything that's that's happening in the scope but at the same time i think this is really utah's just kind of scratching the surface of what it could be you know we talked on friday on my pod uh mm-hmm. for football breakdowns about how good the talent is here in high school and it's fascinating you know i, I was listening to a podcast and somebody said yeah our high school is actually really good at football we had one nfl player and i'm thinking about it i'm like man like that's good in, in, in where you came in, it's smaller, you know, smaller state, not mm-hmm. the, the level of football locally here in Utah is so good that it's going to just lead to more and more feeder uh, opportunities for recruits and stuff like that. And so all programs are going to, are going to stay consistently good here in state, yeah. as long as they continue to stake out the in-state, you know, area and, and, and protect their territory, everything like that. All that's to say, you know, as, as you're looking back, it, it's kind of a weird 
juxtaposition for me. Maybe it's just that we went and saw uh, Ant Man <laughs> over the weekend together, and, and now I'm thinking about time and what time really is, and everything like that, and how it laps over everything. And and so, mm-hmm. when you're ranking these things, you can look at it in, in terms of looking in the past or looking in the past, but moving forward, you know, is 2022 really going to stay on that list? It, it's kind of a unique conversation to have because I think that's part of how we made most of the list right like mm-hmm. as you and i were talking about it a little bit 1994 is one that if you go back you know three years it would have been a top two top three right and and now just with everything that's changed with the university of utah and the football program it keeps getting moved lower and lower down the list yeah there's so much great history with this program as we talked about um i think we both would have the same at one it has to be the sugar bowl right when you look at what we accomplished that season 13 and 0 of course beating alabama what brian johnson and kyle whittingham were able to do absolutely memorable 2004 going 12 and 0 there and the reason we can talk a little bit more about 2021 versus 2022 because in the second part of this we'll be diving into where it ranks amongst the kyle whittingham era of seasons but i give 2021 the slight nod just because it was the first pac-12 championship you look at that game against ohio state having them on the ropes too. I also think Utah controlling their destiny as they did so late in the season versus look in 2022. I think if you play out the, um, the, if you have the college football script writers, there's only, if you don't have them kind of playing their hand there, I don't know if Utah ends up making it into the Pac-12 championship game, but the way that would shook out. Um, we talked about 94 too. You mentioned the success there. Um, Got to give a great shout out to 2009 too. And then even 03 with Urban, another one too. So there are so many great programs that this team has had. It's, it's hard to come up with a top five list. Well, the the 2008 season actually holds a claim that most people won't even recognize, and that's the fact that the Anderson and Hester poll, which was an NCAA-recognized major selector, picked Utah as their national champion. Mm-hmm. So did the Sagarin poll. Uh, so they got those two technical national championships in the bag from that season. Um, but I think, again how are these seasons going to rank out historically as, as things mm-hmm. progress, right? I don't think 2021 is going to hold a ton of significance to everybody because the, the storyline of that season is going to end up being as, as we move forward. Like that, that was a team that should have been better than they were um, yeah. in terms of, of games one. And why did they go through all these struggles? There's a lot of reasons for that. Right. But you know, had Utah won on the road in that very first game in Florida, how would that have extrapolated the season and, and mm-hmm. potentially in getting this team in the college football playoff? I think, is you talk to people within the program and everything like that, that's all they are focused on right now. They want to go to the playoff. They want mm-hmm. to put this program really dead center on the map in terms of, of national consciousness. And yeah, winning the Pac-12 is a huge part of that, but I think they felt like they've missed some opportunities and, and that's not to say that they were, that's why things in, didn't work out in the Rose Bowl. I think it's pretty obvious that you lose your quarterback in that game yeah. two years in a row and that's just a lot to overcome. Um especially with a quarterback who means as much to this football team as Cam Rising does. But I think as the seasons move on, you know, 2021 is going uh, to stay stable because mm-hmm. it's going to be the first Pac-12 championship. Everything the team had to overcome, coming off of COVID, coming off of loss of teammates, all that kind of stuff, um, it, it's going to maintain and hold, hold firm, whereas 2022 might lose – uh, a little bit of its luster just because you may actually end up start stacking some of these Pac-12 championships. Yeah, that's what would be incredible is if we could look back and that'd be like, oh yeah, 2022 is not even, if we could look in the future, I would love for us to talk about how this isn't even top 10. Like that would be incredible if you continue to make those college football playoffs. And as you said, that's just what's so is exciting about this Utah football team as a program is they are set up for so much success in the future that a lot of these seasons where you have three losses, four losses, 
they could be ones that are viewed as like, man, it was cool because that felt like it was the start of something special. Those kind of early years, you can rope like 2019 into that too. But like, man, look at where we are now. That's what's really exciting is the potential is so high. And what's the biggest reason that potential is so high? It's probably Kyle Whittingham. We're going to talk about where this winning season ranks for the Utes amongst Kyle Whittingham's era with the team in a moment. But first, want to talk to you guys about our friends at LinkedIn Talent Solutions. With LinkedIn Talent Solutions, guys, they do an outstanding job setting you up for success. And as small as a small business owner or hiring manager, you know that success in 2023 all depends on team members you surround yourself with. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. With LinkedIn Jobs, you can hire qualified candidates more effectively effectively by matching open roles with people who have the skills, values, and experiences to help you achieve your goals. LinkedIn Jobs helps you quickly attract qualified candidates to your open jobs with targeting tools. They go beyond resume data by using insights from your job post company and their 875 million member profiles to put your post in front of the most qualified candidates. They identify the most candidate qualified candidates on LinkedIn Jobs, and you can connect with them faster for free. Make it easy and screen rate applicants based on your job qualifications all in one platform. LinkedIn Jobs is a great place for you guys to network and find people who are ready to work that are very qualified today. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnCollege. That's LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnCollege to post your job for free. Terms and conditions may apply. Also, I want to talk to you guys about our friends at UCCU. UCCU is opening a new branch in Vineyard to celebrate. UCCU is giving away 2023 Kawasaki Terry times 4 UTV. Vineyard is one of the fastest growing cities in the state. The new branch offers all the benefits of a UCCU branch, multiple drive-up lanes, 24-hour ATM, and UCCU's brand new interactive teller machines, or ITMs for short, which provide all the benefits of meeting with a real UCCU professional either in the branch or right from your vehicle. It's a virtual connection to a remote teller with a highly personalized audio and video connection. So celebrate the new Vineyard UCCU branch. Enter to win the 2023 Kawasaki Terry Times 4 UTV. Winners will be announced in April just in time for summer fun. You can stop by UCCU's new branch in Vineyard, conveniently located next to the Megaplex Theaters and Topgolf, or enter at uccu.com. You don't even have to be a member of UCCU to enter, and there is no purchase necessary. UCCU, love where you bank. So, Brian, narrowing this one down then to look at where does it rank amongst the Kyle Whittingham era? And when you're Kyle Whittingham and you've won 170, 154 games, just 74 losses. And I know some of the people have been chapped about the lack of bowl wins over these last couple of years, looking back to the Alamo and then a couple, of course, the Rose Bowl. But this is what makes it so great is the fact that you're in the Rose Bowl instead of in Vegas Bowls or some of those things, which are nice bowls. But that's what's nice is we're talking about this next level for Utah football to continue to appear in Rose Bowls and major bowls, even like the Alamo Bowl shows to the level they're reaching out, which is nice. And it makes sense they would go through those growing pains as they're facing programs on another level. So still 11 and five in bowls overall. So if you're talking about where does the 2022 season rank amongst the Kyle Whittingham era, to me, that means you just knock down basically the Ron McBride season in 94, then Urban's year in 03, where they were 10 and three overall. So the way I look at it is I still have 08 as my top spot, 21 slightly above because of the things we talked about before, then 22, then I would have 2019. That was still a special season, even though the Alamo Bowl was really deflating to see Tyler Huntley, Brant Keithy, Andy Ludwig, and then offense, the way they came together. Um, it's still such a bummer. Julian Blackman got injured. I know that, look, Justin Herbert had a heck of a performance. Kayvon Thibodeau actually absolutely came out in that 2019 Pac-12 championship game, but still a special season overall. And then I think you look at 2015 too. For me, that's how I stack up my top five of the Kyle Whittingham era. And once again, 2022 has to be in the top five to me. Yeah, it's really going to be hard to take away any of these Pac-12 seasons. You know, I'm, I'm looking back through some of them. 2010 was actually a great year for Kyle Whittingham. Yeah. Uh, you know, part of a three-year, 10-win uh, run for that University of Utah football team, a big reason why they were able to get in the Pac-12 in the first place. But 
how does that compete to any of the Pac-12 seasons? It doesn't because that mm-hmm. was, you know, that the, the highlight game from that season was Utah's drubbing of, of Iowa State on the road, sixty-eight to twenty-seven, and it was such a surprise and a highlight that Utah, upstart Utah, had gone into a, a Big Twelve team and and dominated in the way that they did. And now it's that would I think I'm not trying to be whatever intermittent and. Iowa State fans will ran, randomly find their way over to probably these podcast because of this. Like, I'm not trying to trounce your program or anything like that. I think it's a great program. They've done a great job. But, you know, I have a huge amount of respect for Matt Campbell, but I think yes. Utah would be the favorite team going into that matchup no matter where they played the game at. You know, Iceland, Alaska, doesn't matter. <laughs> so <clears throat> you're always going to have a struggle because Utah's grown and, and, and mm-hmm. transitioned. And I think that speaks a lot to Kyle Whittingham as well. He's really grown and transitioned a lot, even in the last few years in, in a direction that's very impressive. Um, you know, it was, uh, you talk about the bowl games and I think the bowl games are a great example of just how much this program has evolved in the last four okay. or five years. The only thing you had to hang your hat on because you weren't winning conference championships was the bowl record. Mm-hmm. Now this is a team that's come, you know, Four of the last five conference championship games, uh, uh, you know, it, it, if, if we're counting 2020, which Kyle Whittingham said that we're not, you know, so they've been in so many straight now of conference championships, game 2018, 2019, 21, 22. So they're on a heater in, in terms of really running the table here in the conference. And so it's really going to be hard to find seasons, you know, pre-Pac-12 that, that make the cut anymore. Absolutely. Because, I mean, and like you said, too, we just talked about, like, the difference in bowl games. You talk about the Sun Bowl, Las Vegas Bowl, Foster Farms Bowl, like, the Heart of Dallas Bowl. Like, all those bowls are all, like, even the Holiday Bowl. But, like, Alamo Bowl, like, oh, that's some that we, there's been some premier Alamo Bowl performances. I think this last year it was Texas versus Washington even. We saw Michael Penix light it up. Like, there's just a level of teams that go to the Alamo Bowl. I think that's why in 2019, just as a Utah fan, the Alamo Bowl is, like, my most disappointing memory is because it was so cool to be on the same stage as a team from Texas where I just moved from at the time too. And I ended up watching that game with a couple of my friends from Texas too. So it's kind of not as fun trying to watch it while they had to sit where you got to celebrate the whole time, but still like just to be at that level, is like, okay, it's a cool step. And then obviously the Rose bowl is what makes this, it does make it so memorable. And we do look, I talked about the 154 wins. We talked about the bowl record too. We just talked about the upward trajectory too. It just shows you once again, what a marvelous job Kyle Whittingham is doing with this program and why these next couple seasons for him, we don't know when his last one is going to be, but there's no reason to think these upcoming couple he's going to have shouldn't find their way in the top 10 for him during his tenure with the Utes. They absolutely should. And I, I think the unique part about this is going to be that the next three years could be some of the best in Utah history, uh, even given the fact that they've already accomplished so much. Mm-hmm. Returning as many players as they do to this roster, to a team that's now won back-to-back Pac-12 yeah. championship games, on top of adding a tremendous recruiting class, like I, I think you know, we've talked about this. Why would Kyle want to leave? Exactly. He's in a great position. Great coordinators. Really, yeah, and 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 you just mm. you just fought off the horde of of Notre Dame in order to keep Andy Ludwig. Depending on uh, what side of that argument you want to get in on, but uh, regardless, like you know, even if it was that Notre Dame didn't want to pay the buyout, um, you know, I think I, I, they lost. Uh, mm-hmm. that's, that's the bottom line on that scoreboard and Andy Ludwig's still here. And so Kyle Whittingham's power is, is retained, you know, um, it's, I'm not good at ranking things because I extrapolate too much and I overthink, uh, you know, again, we watched Ant-Man this weekend and it, it, <laughs> that's me and the, the possibilities, uh, stuck in zone. the quantum realm. 
Yeah, where I, I, that's not my good spot because I have too many possibilities. But I think really, as, as we're talking about these seasons and, and ranking, you know, 21 versus 22 and everything like that, there's plen- plenty to extrapolate in terms of storylines. I think the really interesting conversation piece for me is just, okay, how do they compare with 23 and 24, yeah. and 25? And, and what we really do see this program starting to develop moving forward, because I think that's really the fun part about this conversation. It's, and it's almost linear too. how at each season they've gotten better and better. And that's just such an MO of Kyle Whittingham. And I just, I just, again, to recircle, I don't see him leaving anytime soon. And uh, I think if you're a Utah fan, you're listening to all this, you're just like, man, it's pretty awesome right now. Like, (laughs) (laughs) I think we can get over some of the stuff that we've complained about in the past because being a Utah fan is great. And, uh, you know, I think some of the bowl game stuff is unique because Utah fans have traveled so well. And so those bowl Mm -hmm. games really want Utah to be in them. And that's a lot of progression because I remember going to the Copper Bowl and I believe it was 1992 or 93. I can't remember um, because I'm that old. And there was like a sliver of maybe 5,000 Utah. Yeah. Uh, Well, that was the second time around. So that was – Ron Dane and, and Chris Mafala. Oh, yeah, it was 92. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, listen, back in 92, bowl games were few and far between. So you remembered every last one of yeah. them. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it was a heck of a game, and, and it was Frank Dolce versus Drew Bledsoe, you know, just two all-time great quarterbacks <laughs> going at it. Um, and, and Utah dropped it 31-28, to 28, but it was a tremendous game, and, and Utah fans had a blast. And I think that was a real – tipping point for what's happened now and so i think this is going to continue to grow the fan base it's going to continue i you, ryan smith said something very interesting he, he did an interview with uh, rob perez uh, uh for the nba underdogs pod on, on youtube and he said he was very fascinated to see what would happen when utah was playing in the rose bowl with jazz game attendance because it felt like everybody he knew was going to the rose bowl i felt like a lot of people i knew stayed home for that game and Utah just filled the joint up, you know, above the brim. So really what's happening is the fan base is getting to a point to where not every single Utah fan has to go to every single game mm-hmm. and everything like that. And and I'm focusing in too much on bulls here, but that's to me, the uniqueness of what's happened year to year with this program and this, this, this team and even with the university is just it's the leaps and, and the the mass and, and the mm-hmm. expansion is just super impressive you know and and you're not a guy that has a lot of utah ties other than having moved here because of your dad's job and going to you because it was close by I, this is a place i grew up in you know mm-hmm. that kind of thing was unheard of back in my day and now it's starting to become the norm and that i think yeah. is is really the unique part about what kyle whittingham's done and why Maybe that's why you could kind of give 2011 yeah. more validity in terms of a, mm-hmm. a you know a, a really impressive season. Yeah, I absolutely agree with that. Um, this is super big picture too, but I just think you're like us talking about how like man, I knew so many Utah fans that like weren't coming. I think we all forget just how many Utah fans there are and just how many people there are on this dang planet in general. Because I know yes. just speaking to last night again, not long ago, you and I were talking about like how many people haven't seen the new Avatar movie, and it's still one of the third highest, fourth, whatever it is, highest grossing movies, and there's still so many people that haven't even seen it. So that part of things is crazy. Um, also, are you sure back in '92 that you weren't taking a bath in uh, the Duke's Mayo Bowl or uh, slamming down? some cheeses at the cheese it bowl brian i wish i was they yeah. had they had weird names like wiser lock copper bowl it was a lock company so like we didn't need to do fun stuff i do recall having like a, a washington state cougar in a bag 
because that was the bag the cougars uh okay. i don't <laughs> think i bagged any cougars that weekend neither did utah so uh yeah we'll have to put 10 year old brian uh it's a shame i guess for that one <laughs> but uh, given the opportunity i definitely would have taken a bath if there was Duke, duke's mayo jar there i hands down yeah i mean if utah if there's ever a point where we can't like i want to continue to reach new year six bowls obviously I don't think Eddie would be too mad if we ever saw Kyle Whittingham get like a Duke's Mayo bat. Yeah, that was if that was like a down season, and like we still got that at the end. In some ways, it would still feel like a plus just for that moment. I feel like. Do you think Whittingham would do it? Because I would think that like he'd make Jim Harding or somebody else do it for him. Oh, Jim Hart, I don't feel like Jim would. I would love honestly. Don't you think Morgan? You don't think Morgan? Scott Scally, would do it? Yeah, Scott would definitely. I feel like Scott would definitely do it. Like it has to be one of the the coordinators if it's not him. I yeah. I still I think Kyle would do it. I don't I don't know. You you don't think he would? man you, you know him better than me i feel like so i'll, I'll give you i don't answer. and i don't i don't even know him that that well you know i've just mm -hmm. 20 so years you, of my you've life been around him longer though yeah. Than yeah um man I, I kyle has gotten a lot more relaxed and, and open to that kind of thing the, the comedy side so maybe yeah. he'd, he'd be willing to do it uh but only if there was like a shower immediately nearby so if Shane Beamer did it and he's the head coach at South Carolina, like everybody's going to have to do it now. Exactly. Beamer set the tone. So good for him. Maryland, uh, Maryland's head coach. I'm blanking on his name right now. Um, he's doing a really wow. good job with that program though. Um, but like, yeah, I know he just did it this most recent year um, like that too. Or um, Hey, if you can't get in the Duke's mail bowl, you could at least try to get in the pancake platoon. Right, Brian. That's why I want to start a bowl game because I want to have like either, you know, like Kodiak cakes, uh, pancake bowl where we just like pancake every coach or, or something like that. There's a syrup camp uh, company out there that wants to get after us. Let's do it. Uh, I want to, I want a bowl game that, that we can do something crazy with. So, I mean, if I have to wear the pancake platoon hat every single time, that's, that's a gift that we'll keep on giving uh, everybody absolutely correct and this is why i love doing these pods not just with you but just in general i appreciate all of you support the show because then we just get into conversations about like would kyle whittingham take a mayonnaise bath like if i had you would ask me if that's what's going to happen on this show i had been like no it's not we're not going to get into that we have all these this things is, for it. That, that's just, this is just what happens this is exactly like that that new york jets like name name a new york jet like name something you could dunk kyle whittingham yeah <laughs> great monday fodder for twitter absolutely and potential off-season content you guys might have to keep an eye on that when we roll around into the july and the junes the dark ages before we officially get football back and you know what we're going to continue to get while we wait for utah football is we have football because the xfl is officially here we're going to talk about some utes in the xfl when we come back in a moment but first i want to talk to you guys about our friends at built bar looking for a delicious treat but don't want all the fat and calories then you gotta try a built i know the holidays have kind of passed now but my goal is to still stick with my new year's resolution and eat a little healthier this year and if you're like me and want to eat healthier but don't want to compromise taste then man i've just got you've got just the thing for you you gotta try built with built healthy is actually tasty seriously they're so delicious you won't think they're good for you per for your new year's resolution what makes built bar so good well for starters they're covered in 100 real chocolate that's right real chocolate and they come in unbelievably great flavors like churro peanut butter brownie and coconut almond i'm not sure how built does it but these bars taste like candy bars while maintaining amazing macros and what's even better they're healthy only 130 calories and a whopping four 17 grams of protein with four grams of sugar and now you don't need to go to built.com you still can if you want to but you can even get in the car and drive over to your local smith's or sam's club and get some today head to your nearest smith's or sam's club grab yourself a bar a box of built bar you can get cookies and cream coconut puffs salted caramel 
caramel brownie puffs at Smith's or go to a Sam's Club, grab a 13-box bar of brownie batter and churro. Lots of great flavors of Built. You guys can thank me later. Built was also well-represented at some of the Salt Lake All-Star events. I saw them out in a, a couple times at a few things. So if you guys didn't get a chance to try some free Built, make sure you guys head over to Smith's or your local Sam's Club and see what you're missing out on. Also want to take an opportunity to talk to you guys about our friends at RC Willie. RC Willie is hiring delivery drivers in the Salt Lake area. If you're looking for a rewarding career with a great group of people, come work for RC Willie. Utah's largest home furnishing store, RC Willie, is currently hiring delivery drivers at their largest warehouse by the Salt Lake City Airport. Delivery drivers are the face of RC Willie, and they're looking for great delivery drivers in the northern Utah area. Comp, comp, competitive or well, excuse me, <laughs> compensation for delivery drivers is $24 an hour during training. And our average delivery driver makes 50,000 50, to 80,000 per hour. RC Willie associates say they love their job. The benefits are great. And the culture at RC Willie is one of the best. Many of their employees have been with the company for over 20 years. And their RC Willie will offer you a thousand dollar sign on bonus and hands on training, including CDL training, but no CDL is required right away. Come make a difference and join America's home furnishing store of choice. Apply online at rcwillie.com slash job. That's our rcwilly.com slash jobs look i'm all fired up about rc willy i'm all turned around brian i know something a lot of people really fired about up about this past weekend was the xfl being back and with the xfl coming back we saw some youths in the nfl and not just the or youths be able to participate and not just the josh gordon's of the world but even the francis bernards and some of the under the radar guys it was great to see these guys out there balling and doing their thing yeah, we'll try that again, unmuted this time. It's been a long time. Listen, I'm I'm breaking the habit. So I'm going to give myself a pat on the back, not a not a finger shake for that one. Francis Bernard uh, had a great game for the DC Defenders actually playing against quote unquote former Ute Josh Gordon and and listen, Utah fans are going to be the only people that that make that designation really because <laughs> uh, although his time at Utah was short and and impactful, I don't think he he never saw a game on the field. I know that for a fact. Yeah. Um but Gordon had a great game for the Seattle Sea Dragons. Like I said, Francis Bernard was lights out, four and a half uh, tackles. I believe he had a uh, TFL as well on that one that probably should have been a sack. Um, you know, Tariq Lewis uh, cut by the Battle Hawks, so not on a roster currently. But the unique part about the XFL is, is guys move around a lot. So mm-hmm. he could be another guy that you see on a roster soon. Uh, Peter Talmaipeno, long stretch in the NFL getting after it for the Vegas Vipers had a tackle on Saturday. So you're seeing, you know, I think the hard part about it is so many former youths were involved with the Alliance of American football and the Salt Lake Stallions that it was rough when it collapsed the way that it did. So I'm sure a lot of guys are taking, uh, taking a step back and making sure that everything goes well first, which, you know, from everything I can see and, and, and from people I've talked to, I don't see the XFL having the same issues that they've had. The, 2020, it would have been just fine, but you know, a worldwide pandemic ended the season. So yeah. there's a lot of good things going on. A good weekend in terms of ratings will really, really help a lot. But it's just another opportunity to see a lot of great youths uh, perform and play well again. And it's fun to see those names pop up just like it is during the you know NFL season. Really is, and I'll ask you this before we uh, before we get out of here, and maybe look at some. Um, I'll, well, I should say really quickly. Shout out to um, Utah women's basketball program getting a nice win against Arizona State. Yes, they had the tough loss to Arizona, but still keeping that momentum going in a strong direction. Utah men's basketball, couple of couple of really tough losses there too, but got some fun games coming up at the Huntsman this coming week. But um, ask this, Brian: Are there any youths in this current draft class that you think would make great XFL additions? Ooh, uh, that's an interesting question because I think it's it's more those tweener guys uh, that that really 
need the opportunity. There's not a lot of tweeners coming out in the, in this class. I think everybody coming out of Utah for the most part as a senior is is really a legitimate NFL guy. You know, Dalton Kincaid we've talked about, Braden yeah. Daniels we've talked about. Those are NFL dudes in my book. Um, uh, Clark Phillips. <laughs> I'm sure the XFL would love to have Clark yeah. Phillips, but uh, they're going to have to prime from the NFL's cold dead hands, so to speak. So uh, maybe that speaks a little bit to just how far Utah has come. Great. In the sense that this is almost all those guys that are coming out are going to have NFL opportunities. Now, I, I think there are some guys, you know, like a Viani Mawala, for example, is a, is a great example. Uh, a guy who had some injuries, never really able to finish the season like you wanted to. That would be one that I would think has, has a great opportunity. You know, Keaton Bills, where he's still kind of a tweener in a lot of respects. I, and, and that's not me trying to be disrespectful of Keaton, but like NFL offensive linemen are incredibly good, yes. uh, incredibly athletic. And, and so maybe a few more years to season uh, and, and really develop would help Keaton. Hard to say. Um the other part about the XFL that's going to be kind of interesting is guys who need a break. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when if you need to take a year off, you're not on an NFL roster, you take that season off. And we saw Star Lotulele do that yeah. one year. And and <clears throat> if you wanted to take a year off and then play a couple games in the XFL to get going, that's a pretty common occurrence. And and so you can kind of use it both as a developmental slash G League type of situation. You can also use it as, as kind of a get back situation. So there's uh, you know, maybe former Utes out there that didn't play. Bradley and I might be a guy who yeah. uh, he's on an NFL roster right now, but he, uh, uh, John Penicini might be a guy who would be interested in doing something like that. You know, took I believe last year, uh, last year off from the Detroit Lions. But that, that's the unique part about the league for sure is is that it, it provides a lot of opportunities. There's 130 Division One programs yeah. and there's only 30 NFL teams. So the fact that so many good college players don't go on and play afterwards is is kind of absurd in some respects. Absolutely. And I think John said he retired, but it's one of those things where it's like all it takes is a turnaround and then you're back in the game too. Um, even guys look like RJ Hubert is not going to be super high on anyone's draft boards. I hope he can make it in the NFL. Shock everyone. Stick around for a while. If he can't, there's still opportunities for him to go make his impact in other leagues as well. That's what the great thing is that the XFL provides. Yeah, RJ is definitely an example of that. You know, I think he's probably the best example and, and good, mm-hmm. good on you for thinking of that one. Um He's gonna guy. He's he's a guy that will go have a good combine experience. He'll probably make it on a roster, on a camp roster, and we'll see what happens. Right? Yep. You know, I think I think the difference with Utah is is that that program is run with so much emphasis on uh, you know precision and, and execution and everything like that. That sometimes you get into a camp situation and you're actually ahead of the curve, even though you don't maybe excel so well at a place like Utah um, or or stood out for a few mistakes or whatever. You know. Um, that you could really make a roster. And, and so you just never know what to expect when it comes to that kind of, those kinds of situations. But I think, uh, you know, Mo Diabate is another guy who yeah. know, maybe will end up bouncing back and forth. But like there are guys like Vic Beasley, who is the sax leader yeah. in the NFL that are playing in the XFL. So you, mm-hmm. um, Deontay Burnett had some great catches for Martavius Bryant. Yeah. Like the, there's some real names that are down there right now playing. So it's, I think the biggest thing is that the football is entertaining. It's fun. And the rule changes actually make it really interesting um, in terms of watching it. But for Utah fans, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's fun because you want to see these guys. I mean, Solo Enos, if he wants to keep Yes. Them. 
100%. Yeah, I think that's a great one there, too. And if you guys are questioning, is the XFL real football? Well, Paxton Lynch played in it and got benched. So, therefore, <laughs> it is, in fact, real football. Brian, if people want to get more about the XFL and any other football leagues, too, where should they head over to check out? Yeah, we're writing about it a ton over at footballbreakdowns.com, and, and you can subscribe to the Football Breakdowns podcast feed. The Monday Morning Game Plan is going to talk a lot about XFL, USFL, draft breakdowns, all that kind of stuff. So we're obviously going to talk Utes um, and, and everything else. Uh, we cover everything. Like We'll leave the uh, diehard Utah talk to Locked on Utes and then cover everything else football-wise from there. So make sure you guys head over to check out football breakdowns. I actually joined Brian for a, co a conversation there recently. It was a lot of fun talking a lot, a lot of things in my career overall. And also if you guys are in the market for a second, listen every day, we recommend you check out the locked on college basketball podcast where hosts Isaac shade and Andy Patton bring you everything you need to know on and off the court. Plus you can hear from big name experts, coaches, players throughout the basketball landscape, locked on college basketball available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcast. We guys, we appreciate you guys as always for joining us on locked on Utes. We hope you had a great all-star weekend, whether you got to go to the events or just experience some of the things downtown or just got to watch it on your TV. Either way, we appreciate you guys tuning into this episode of Locked on Utes, and we'll be back with you tomorrow.